0: So this afternoon we start off, present some, and participate in some embodiment exercises. This is, uh, some Qigong, but it's uh, it's not all of it, and it's um, not a very complete thing, and I can't really present a whole, um, you know, full presentation in this time, but, uh, a few moves and some, um, Making use of that, this is primarily. There's two particular uh, qualities to to emphasise. One is energy itself, and the other is the body. Mm. Energy, uh, very necessary factor of practice, or the most constantly iterated uh, factor in the buddha's lists comes up as energy and also as effort application and uh, you can't really apply unless you have energy and also how your energy operates is quite significant so uh, mm-hmm. because of course the quality of effort is both to be able to withdraw energy and effort and application from unskillful areas to withdraw it, and to prevent it going uh, and it's certainly associated with uh, um, you know, impulses mm-hmm. uh, and even uh, energy imbalances in one's body so we feel very much a lot of intensity in the head for example or going numb or going dull because the energy is, is just uh, going in the wrong places so, to be able to take it out of these unfortunate patterns, uh, and also to apply it where it's skillful. And, very word effort, you know, actually is a moderated thing, is application which, uh, can be steady, graduated, gentle, uh, repetitive, it can be strong. So there's a range of qualities there. Yeah. But the ideal, I would say, standard of effort is a steady persistence within one's energy boundaries. So we're not over-tasking ourselves and um, we're not just running on sheer willpower There is a resource of energy that we can apply and this energy has got to come from somewhere Mm -hmm. and so the basis of of energy is this uh, body what provides it now by and large in um, say dissociated or headist life people who live head life it's not hedonic at all but the influence of headism his energy is very much directed through the head to often abstract things like Friday or get this done by or be the best at or these are just ideas aren't they? Uh, it's not like pick up the spoon (laughs) It's there's all kinds of uh, adjectives, superlatives and time abstract qualities implanted on an action So, energy is. What's it related to? A notion. How much energy do you need to lift up a spoon? Well, you need some. But, <laughs> you know, but you might think, right, this is important. Really important to pick that spoon up. So, you know, you think yeah, something that's important, significant, you must have maximum power. No. It just means you could be pick it up carefully, steadily, knowing what you're doing with it, recognising the quality of what you're picking up, and put it down. So, you know, just to recognise that when we use a word like effort, this can very much go into the the um, abstraction note, note uh, um, you know, which is uh, from the um, willful processes which are associated with notions and goals, nothing concrete. And so there's no real way of of referencing that energy, because you've got nothing concrete to register it against. You've got a notion. So what does best mean, or good, or adequate, or what do they actually mean? They're just notions, they don't refer to anything. So, you know, the energy has to be related to something tangible that you can, oh, that's about right. That you can get some feedback from. You can't get feedback from a notion good enough. There's no, there's no, it doesn't exist. Hmm? But you can get feedback from, the, you know, from the, the sweat in your brow or the strain or how comfortable your body feels in doing that you can say, yeah, that's about right, that was good that's strong, that's clear, that's focused that's what's needed, that's what's not needed and, um, yeah you know, so this ability to moderate energy for appropriate effort otherwise effort can be unskillful not directly immoral, but just imbalanced unskillful unskillful effort you know the parable of the lute. When the Buddha told to this monk who's walking up and down, his feet are bleeding, and he says, "Well, you know, the idea is you just, you know, it's like a lute. You you tune the strings of the lute. If you tune them too tight, you, it doesn't work. You snap the strings. You? You, so it's a moderate. What gives you the right being in tune? And this being in tune." That means your energy is in tune, what's appropriate. Now how do you know? <laughs> what's going to tell you that? Your ideas? Your ideas of what you think other people are doing, or what they're capable of doing, or what they're about? That's not going to work, is it? And yet often that's what we're doing. We're applying ourselves in accordance with some theory so you know, since the body is the resource of energy, right? where else is going to come I mean the imperatives can come from your your thoughts, but the juice is going to come out of this <laughs> wouldn't it be best to check in with this <laughs> as to how appropriate that is right so, you know, referring to the body as a reference for appropriate energy mindful energy, steady energy energy where you, you know uh, so this is really essential to get it skillful now, when we talk about the body, you know, obviously the visual body, but roughly speaking you could say your nervous system, that's a reasonable um, term we can use. So it's really stressing out. You know, you're numbing out. You know, or it's it's your energy system, your nervous system, your energy system is is distorted or blocked or hindered, and you can feel the results. You're tense, and then all sorts of uh, emotional effects can occur. And sometimes it's the case that this uh, that from a uh, for life has been led from the head. We're not really that much in touch with what's happening in the body at all. So it's mind states, mind states, mind states, mind states going on all the time. Thoughts and mind states. Yeah. And there's something underneath this thing that you're putting food in, but that's about it really. And so we're not really deeply in touch with it. So again, you lose one loses the reference to What's happening? And you you might notice then, you don't really, you know, you can't, you don't feel relaxed. In fact, relaxing has gone off the list of qualities. You don't know how to discharge energy. You know how to go from one to the other and to crash, maybe. But you don't know how to gently discharge energy. So you're always a bit hyper. And when you're hyper, then your judgement gets, um, distorted. you got oversensitive, overreactive, rush too fast, move way ahead of time, always trying to think in three steps ahead of the game. You've got no future, no open future, your future's always blocked in. And, you know, it, it gets normal. Because <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, particularly if you're social with other people in the same state, we can normalize around a very uh, corrosive uh, energy pattern. Striving, doing, rushing on to the next, hurry. Yeah. stimulation, stimulation, stimulation. Yeah. And so this can be a feature of, of, of modern life. Mm-hmm. And uh, with it, the underlying, basically, we ne- can never, ever, fulfill those abstract goals that our energy is aiming for we never get to the really contented you don't get that good enough comfortable you don't get that you know making a mistake and not making an issue out of it you don't get that (laughs) you just get that intensities and uh, so this energy has to be moderated, and so uh, there are, of course, different ways of doing that. But um, and if one, you know, I would certainly say, you know, if you you have a good breathing system, you know, your body does breathe comfortably, that will do it. But it's often the case that this is this is not true, we don't have a. Re- Refreshing or fulfilling or easeful breath process, because it begins to affect your breathing. It doesn't drop, it stays up here, and that gets normal. You don't feel your whole body when you breathe in and out, and that becomes normal. So somebody says, yeah, I can do breathing. Well, (laughs) of course you can do breathing, I'm going to be dead, but I mean, like, Breathe out for 20 seconds. Pause for 10, 15, before the in-breath happens. Or longer. Can that happen? And if the system is, is, is tuned, it could. And, uh, you know, in, in certainly this is presented in the suttas, in, in deep meditation. Your breathing can slow right down. And it's not because there's no vitality, it's because the system is so clear and tuned that very little energy is needed to keep it there. So the breath is very quiet. And so for most people breathing just knows to about to the middle of the chest or down to the diaphragm. Many people. And this is see this is associated with a locked diaphragm which is associating with willpower and our breathing should come essentially from the lower belly that's the organ lungs are just there to receive chest should be relaxed to allow the swelling to occur breath should come from way down in the belly almost like something pulling from the lower gut opening up, belly should swell chest relax and just receive let the breath suffuse and that we would say that's, that's the, you know, optimal standard for breathing meditation. Uh, so it's a kind of restful quality. The energy can circulate quite freely. Now, when one is driven, that, that kind of breathing you know, is operating when we're just in flow. And when there is a certain driven quality, it pumps, and the pumping is done through the diaphragm. Starts the up. pump, 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 to you know, push more. And it's it's a muscle, that operates. And it's associated with with willpower, with drive, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. For periods period of time, then you come out of that, and then drop, and you go back to that again. Now, if we're living an extremely driven life, it's this to that to this that, it doesn't drop. You're going to stay in it. (laughs) Because of the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. So, uh, and even if one's living in a situation of threat, because a lot of driven states, even in performing a function, are associated with the kind of the threat of getting it wrong. The feeling of inadequacy that will descend upon you if you don't do 125%. The feeling of criticism that will descend upon you if you're not absolutely right. The feeling of being rejected and inadequate will come. So that's a powerful threat. The exclusion from human warmth and commonality. That is the most powerful threat that we experience. And... In a competitive world, that's hovering right behind the drive. So, the driven state is associated with a certain kind of threat. And that is not a mechanism that you can just push, poo-poo away. That is the most powerful alarm signal for a living system. And for a human system, that's not associated with, with, you know, physical danger. It's associated with rejection from other humans because we're creatures of commonality so the degree to which there is that loss of relational ease and comfort there will be some quality of threat if I get it wrong and that tightens things up so this may be subtle it may be strong you know, and yet we can go into that and the funny thing is that once you start to meditate, there's the threat of getting it wrong. (laughs) And everything tightens up. (laughs) That's why... (laughs) yeah? ...being inadequate. And so then you are getting it wrong because you're tightened up. Oh I'm getting it so you put more effort in to get it right, tighten up a bit more. Oh perhaps I'm getting this, 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 this. well just do it a bit far a bit harder to more effort. It says more effort's needed more effort. So you tighten up a bit more. And, and so <laughs> the whole process of correction from the head's point of view. Is push a bit faster, a bit harder, quicker? Figure out what's going. On. That's the head's uh, response, and that response tightens everything up. Now, if what we're trying to accomplish is completion and contentment and rest, you can't do it like that, <laughs> and you can't do it through 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 the mind. You've got to do it through the body. So it's really helpful to begin to retrieve uh, the body's knowledge, the body's understanding, even the body's um, energy pathways that may have been forgotten or lost or not used because we spent a lot of our life up here, maybe. So this is what we can do in chi and similar things so I'd like to um, spend some time and we could spend let's see 45 minutes or so i um, just doing a few moves so but this is all standing so you need to uh, uh, get up and uh, <laughs> the first exercise So many of these things look and are just simple. Um, but internally, that's, the, that's the uh, uh, topic. And that I don't know what's happening for you. So the, essentially, um, your priority is to, uh, be grounded. And if you just spend the time just steadying in your legs, then even that is is—that's uh, where we started doing standing, just to so even this is a practice. Coming down into your feet. Uh, so saying if you want to make something more of it, imagine you're on a ship that's swaying. So you have to really be in your feet. And spreading the feet over the floor. Legs coming down roughly width of your body. That's not the shoulders, but the, the chest and the hips. And the knees bent or loose, flexed. and drop the tailbone as if your tail is curling slightly under as you're about to sit down that sense of relaxing the glutes the big buttock muscles so it's a kind of ability to spring see if you can spring because this will certainly help to um, signal to the the under arch this area here doesn't touch the floor as I'm suggesting though you may not detect it there can be an arising energy coming through this As if we are about to jump in that sense of the lift coming into the soles of the feet but uh, just let that sit there but essentially if the pads and the Balls and the heels of the feet are, are firmly grounded. You can begin to sense that part of your foot that's not touching the ground. And be aware in there. It's an openness to it. If your feet are really toes, muscles, and the muscles of the feet are really resting deeply, there will be a certain quality that will come to you of a certain sort of buoyancy in the sole, in that under arch. And it can even tingle, a little. So of course, feet are one of the great lost zones of the body. They're normally cased up in boots or shoes and left under desks. (laughs) Like lost dogs. (laughs) So it's good to get them back again. And now operating through the legs, so you, if you move your body, you're gonna move through, you're gonna move your legs, through your legs. And so keeping your upper body loose, like, like it's got nothing in it, and just beginning to operate through bending your knees, flexing, you know, turning weight from one side to the other side, and letting your upper body be loose, like a rag doll, yeah. So, just, mm-hmm. so you're to encourage your energy not to be up, upper chest and head, but really legs and lower belly. It's a different kind of energy. Yeah. You know, energy may one, but energy is that's so one thing, but actually there's a, the, the energy in the lower center energy is much more about being present and healing and comfortable. So it's not so much about doing, because there's no power muscles associated with it. Coming up into your chest and arms, they're going to be much more ready to act. We want to have something that's much more associated with just feeling comfortable and, and grounded and safe okay, so like that and loosen your arms so we we'll start with a small uh, movement exercise well exercise may be the wrong notion a movement so this is turning on the heel so as you let your weight come over to your left foot you bend the left knee pivot on the right heel and turn from the hips. Let your arms be loose. Let your fingers be loose. Get a sense of freedom in that. Because when you let your arms be loose, you're already signaling you know, we're off duty um, you can also increase this as you come over, as you turn, as you swing, also come over, let your body fold so it's a bit more like a string puppet fold and then rise in. and even more, bringing, bringing your breathing in, into that, so breathing out, you fold, breathing in, you rise, breathing out, breathing in and out, and out, it's quite short breaths but Breathing out is the important one, just letting everything go. Let the in-breath come. And, um, okay, Let's come back to standing position. And the first thing I'll Present today the string puppet. Call this one the string puppet, and uh, so just get that image in mind. You know, uh, strings so that strings can pull your arms up and down and your head or whatever, will flop. And then when the string is cut, dropped, your arm drops. So that's that's the image. And let's start first of all exploring the arm, now in, in the, these presentations the arm begins in the back, back here so one of the themes in, in Qigong is to rearrange how you even understand a body so your arm begins in your shoulder, so it's rather like a flicking a rope you start with the handle and you roll it down till you get to the end but you've got to begin in the shoulder with an arm movement in an arm movement in the shoulder so it's forming these connections because the shoulder connected to the main trunk and the, and the spine and so forth now again in disconnected life the tendency is for hands to rush off and do things on their own and the body is left behind when we do stuff and here you want to operate as a unit. So if your hands moving forward, you connect the come of your shoulder. So you, it's a different energy. It's full, fully connected, rather than it's breaking off, which is associated with the rather sort of jerky, um, panicky rhythms of uh, fractured life. So explore the shoulder, both shoulders and the connections to the arms, and learn how you can keep these muscles really pretty loose and relaxed and just you use your, your shoulder, flick your fingers. And you can operate any kind of movement from that. basis, loosening, loosening. Now, main theme I will encourage is to is a sense of the cohesive or the connected. That is, when you move your arm, something happens up here. There's a connection to the upper chest and the neck. It must because it is connected. When you do this, it happens across your chest even down to your belly, something is recognising that experience. So, we do. We may move one part of the body, which we call the active part, but the receptive part is equally important, because receptive is the field or the area that will receive the energy, receive the effects. So, receptive is everything else that is isn't move, oh. The bit that isn't moving is there to receive. It's not out of the, out of the exercise. It's part of it. In many ways, it's, it's at least as important. And this is why we use a word like exercise. It can be perhaps misleading because we think, oh, yeah, I'm really exercising this. No, you're exercising all this. But this is the bit that's moving and this is the bit that's just absorbing, receiving, um, effects so whole body so now the um, the string puppet movement is as if we have strings on the back of the wrists we're going to start lifting now if you make a, an application to keep this area of your arm quite soft How that? how's that going to happen? this sense of back, coming up your back yeah, under the shoulder blades coming up the back and the whole body lifts yeah. so you can feel things perhaps firm up or lengthen here Lengthening, so you feel your body opening, the torso opening, particularly in the front, the back lengthening, and breathing out, widening, and completing a circle, a circuit, breathing out, coming down, don't break the circle, continue rising. Now, that's quite a simple movement, but, um, to express it again. The rising is actually, you know, can be the case that in time the soles, the under arch of your foot is going to have that signal, that sense of rising up. Certainly the front of your body is going to, should experience some lifting, because if you're not tugging it up, the whole body has to lift as a unit. So it's this drawing up. And this is associated with in-breath, expansion, opening, chest rises. And make it not some kind of big effort, but with some flowing quality. Breathing fully in, opening, as if you're falling upwards. As if you're hanging upside down and letting your body lengthen. Now, breathing out, what I'd like you to bear in mind is, as you breathe out, open the palms of your hands. So, let you stretch your fingers back a little. As if, as you're breathing out, you're, you're letting the breath come out through the palms of your hands. Of course, your air, air doesn't go that way, but, palms of your hands are opening, letting the fingers be pushed back. Feel how the palms, and the hands are open. Now, next piece to bear in mind is that there's a because there's a strong correlation between the hands and the feet. You know, originally we were down there, and when we early years we're still down there. These two, the soles of the feet, the under arch, and the palm of the hand are pretty much family twins very similar, you know, you look down same apparatus so you're rising through the soles of the feet you're also rising through the palm of the hand, and the the image you can use, just imagine you know, your favourite dog is going to stick his nose in the palm of your hand that sense of nozzle it's quite pleasant the sense of something is just gently lifting as you breathe in and lifting through the soles of your feet and the palms of your hands and then open and breathing out through the palms of the hands and breathing out through the soles of the feet it's like it's a spreading quality so gathering, breathing in gathering, rising And about breath, spreading, it's like you're smoothing out a sheet. And bring the your feet into that. Just be aware of your feet in that move. So it's a whole body thing. Breathing out. If you can keep the movement in sync with the breathing, it may be of course your breathing is a little faster than this movement. But practice with the movement, and if you can make a little bit of effort to perhaps breathe in slightly less. You know, so rather than a sudden rush, it's a slow, incremental breathing in, as if you're breathing in through a tube or something and it's breathing out a little bit at a time, like air coming out of a tire. So that means you can lengthen the breath pattern and the longer breath pattern is associated with calming um, in the brain, the amygdala, the panic button. Ooh, it's always associated with calming, it's just a just physiological thing. whereas short breathing or panting will only activate a very limited part of the body slow breathing perfades the entire form so the reasonable sort of application is not to struggle with it but uh, you can scan, just you know, slow it down a little just letting the breath out a little at a time and the other quality uh, feature I'd like to bring to mind is movements don't exactly end they just fade and subside so the image I sometimes use is of a boat coming into harbour and as it gets closer and closer it cuts engines, it starts to drift and it's still gently rocking in the water as the movement subsides and then we're poised in that state receiving Whatever's, whatever, yeah. and you look for qualities such as openness or completeness or restfulness or whatever is there. Getting a feeling for what we're referring to can so it can um, be associated with particular mental states can arise from that so, it's giving it time movements don't exactly stop because energy is constant so to go to the next movement this is called qua, qua Squats and I'm choosing a few mm-hmm. This one I, I just feel uh, is very helpful for lower abdomen, spinal everything being here, you know, everything here from the, the back, you know, primarily the back from here on down, and, but also from the front from here on down. How the legs fit the trunk, and how the lower body which is where the breathing comes from, how that is, can be um, um, given some benefit. So these very much associated and, and complementary to breath meditation. But also this one, particularly you, know, I don't know about yourself, but with a lot of sitting meditation, you get quite a lot of pressure in, the, in the lower in this region here it's taking all the weight. And if you have any, I have some damage there, so it gets quite painful. And this exercise helps to, um, open the, between the, 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 the sacrum, which is a plate in here, the, the, the ileum, which is the pelvis, so there's tissues binding the sacrum to the pelvis, and also the lumbar joints, lumbar vertebra. Yeah? So, now, the way this can occur, very in you know, a microscopic or relatively small sense, is if I pull, draw my lower belly back, pubic region back, in, and then, you know, pulling it, drawing it in, and fold a little at the hips, something's going to happen here. This is going to be stretched a little. The important point is to not fold above but to fold at the hip these were the hip bones the leg bones enter the pelvis so we do a fold there and as you fold there as you fold there at the same time simultaneously you turn your tail under so it's not like that it's like that so if at that very point as you're turning over, you want to almost pull the pubis up towards the chest. But of course, that's much to exaggerate. It's like pushing the tailbone under. And, yeah. So that'll only go so far. And that's about as far as you want to take it. Now, of course, I can do this. It's no big deal. Um, but that isn't the point of the exercise. The point of the exercise is to do that turn the tail under so you operate this area here and you draw this area here in and the return of that the squat, the return coming out of the squat is equally important this comes in this front opens up and you draw this area in this also means that if you do this uh, in time. In a certain sense of opening at the top of the thigh, the inner thigh. Now in the standing position that I've mentioned, you know, we have uh, the what we call the hard tissues, which are the outside edges of the legs, which are the tough stuff, and the inner side of the leg is much more sensitive, you know, much more delicate. And this pattern repeats over the body, so your back is obviously the tougher side and the front is the soft. So the hard tissues, the soft tissues, the soft tissues, the hard tissues, the soft tissues, the hard tissues. And you look at the skin and it's a different texture to it. And so the soft tissues are associated with uh, sensitivity and receiving. The hard tissues are associated with wrapping over and protecting and you want both of those. So, now the fullness of the movement is as you come over, your knees come a little more apart, so you're in fact opening up the inner thigh. And then and letting this open up this open up. and it's much more a sense of an opening rather than a stretching. So th- what we're not doing is we're not doing that or anything like it. What you're doing is something like that looks pretty insignificant. but it's actually a restrained and connected, opening across this front of the body palms the hands and then breathing out you come over wrapping everything up and then breathe in push your tail in push down through your knees keep your upper body relaxed, receptive breathing out fold at the hip draw the tail under down into your feet breathing in, push down through your legs push your sacrum in relax everything above the waist breathing out wrapping over Breathing in, push the tail in everything above your waist, relax it let the receptive tissues, the soft tissues just gently open and again, connect this to the the breathing cycle you know, it may be possible to breathe slower and deeper and if that's possible that's that's the way to go so in time it may be the case that you get the sense of you know I'm coming up through the centre of your body and up through the chest, and give some attention to approximate line between the sternum, breastbone, and top of the arm. It's like a, call it a V line on your on your chest. So I'm coming from here, yeah, so can we? so all of that incrementally is opening so you don't want to go skip that you want to wait let that come across the top of your chest into so area yeah, and then down into your arm and into your hands at the end of it so, as a, so we, you know, clearly we can do this no problem, nothing's happened in terms of opening this stuff up. The point is to get those pathways to open. And this pathway here is well, very much associated with what the word open hearted means, it's joyful. to just this yeah this here, this area here, which again we probably wouldn't notice it, but this is often sort of closed. You know so a full opening across that area down into your hands. Let's let that one subside. This again is is relatively simple movement. But you can refine as you begin to explore, you know, the entirety of what happens between your belly and your and your leg, <laughs> your chest and your arm. And oh yeah, it's a little bit oh, it's taken five years for that bit to open, you know. <laughs> and it's it's physically it's nothing much, but in terms of Energy it's 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 very rewarding to be able to sense and you know have complete the energy network of the body. Because then that's what you when you do anapana when you're breathing, that's what the energy will move through and that's what gives rise this lovely um dissolution of the rigidities and the contractedness of the body. I'll show you another move, which is, I think, somewhat simpler and um, this one I'm I'm particularly showing this because of um, the sides of the body again, rather neglected area we tend to be mostly concerned or focused around here you know, and the hands you know, the sides of the body and that's why we want to give them some some time Uh, and this also can help the breathing because the the sides of the body there's uh, fascia tissues wrapped around the body, rather like cling film around the body, and they're connected to the diaphragm. So when the diaphragm tightens, we don't feel safe We're feeling a lot of people around. I'm not certain what I'm doing here. This all tightens up. You're going through the underground the tubes and. There is in the you know, military zone, so this tight. So it doesn't necessarily get the chance to release, and this will then affect one's felt sense of space. Yeah. Even though physically you have space, you still feel quite tight because of this. So this one may be supportive for work dealing with that. <coughs> we Soften the knees, get a good connection to the ground. And we're going to come into our complete standing position, soles of the feet, the under arch of the foot, and the palms of the hands. And now we're going to give a signal arising. And it's as if you're falling upwards, falling upside down. And let the arms come all the way out the sockets. Feel your waist lengthen and the palms face each other. And hang there for a moment or two. Just really... Wriggle a little bit. mm, Lengthen your waist. Mm. Uh, Okay, now imagine you have a a balloon full of water between the palms of your hands. Okay, so now just let it slush, slosh a little. And, making sure that you don't turn your body at all. Hmm? Don't turn your body, because this could be uh, damaging for your discs. As you feel that turning in that direction, we call this tilting, rather than turning, notice what's happening in your back, in your spine. Hmm? How is that? Lumber region in the middle of the back. Is that okay? So check it out. So that your body gives consent. Feels okay, not threatened. And breathing out. Breathing mm-hmm. in. So as you're breathing out, let the balloon full of water come all the way over, pulling your arm, shoulder, over that way. As you come over to the left, lift your left heel off the ground. Come over to the right, lift your right heel off the ground. And breathing out, yielding into the stretch. Wait for the in-breath. and breathing in, your heel comes down as you come over to the other side, the heel lifts the corresponding heel lifts Slower better and really wait for your in breath. Don't don't you know let it come by itself, so let yourself hang there till the in breath shows up. So just keep doing that. I'm gonna pause because I find it easier to talk. I'm not doing moving. But you keep doing it. So as you come over, and just you know take it the sides of your body, obviously you'll feel that. Run right up to the armpit. that your over overarching arm as if it's climbing up and arcing over. You see the full pull from the hip up to the shoulder, the stretch the out-breath, pausing, waiting for the in-breath, let the in-breath come in, and and increasingly as you feel more okay with that, also bring it up into your neck, so letting your head, the neck, neck bones, of course the spine, so your head also come over, and lengthening through that, the sides of the neck, yeah, and the jaw. The way to the skull come over, as if you're just letting it roll off your shoulders. And as you're breathing in. Let it flop back on top of the neck bones. And Ideally, you know, we don't put things back. We let them arrive where they want to be. You know, so you're allowing the body to reset itself. How does your head you want to sit on the neck? Again, the movement doesn't exactly end. We just come to the top and hover, and then we just release the form and let your arms go wherever they want to go. And so you're letting the body reset itself in accordance with energy, rather than in accordance with function or custom. Normally we don't stand around like this but it's okay if that's the way it is I want to show you one more if it's okay if you don't feel okay, just sit down or leave. Then <laughs> I get the message? Because <laughs> I don't know what's happening for you. If you feel stressed or, in, or exhausted, or then just relax. You don't have to do this. But, um, so I'll just proceed. And this one, um, bow and arrow, this really so the, the, the width weighs direction, this direction, the lateral direction and uh, at the same time maintaining the center, center line. Yeah. The center line we call it the midline and we might finish with that just orienting around that but it's like a, a centering Energy line that runs down through the, the crown of the head, down through the body. So you can imagine like a string there, and then you're gonna, you can pull on both, like you've got another string attached to that, and you're pulling it. So as you, you can imagine, you've got three strands, really wide, and you widen that center strand, feels the pull of the two other strings. It's like it's energized by that. Imagine you've got these three strands together, left, centre and right. And they're tied to each other and left and right pull apart. The centre line doesn't move but it gets energized by that by that. It's like an energetic stretch. Now this isn't always tangible but the effects are palpable. So, just bear in mind, though, what you'll see will be movements in the hands and arms. Actually, remember the whole body, so this goes down to the soles of your feet. Bow and arrow, if you're going to be shooting bow and arrow, you want to make sure your feet are really on the ground. You've got to, you know, more really get yourself embedded in the, in the ground. because so you're going to pull a strong bow. And if you're not grounded, it's going to pull you off, or you won't get the strength. Okay? even as we are moving, still the mid-centering principle going down to the ground is even stronger. So the lateral movement I described with bow and arrow doesn't take much to figure out what that's going to be about. But bear in mind of course we're coming from the shoulder. The shoulders, so the shoulders come round at shoulder height. One arm, one hand is going to form the bow. Imagine a thick U, the old English longbow. So that hand is pressed against that, and it's tough, so it pushes the fingers back. And as you push that, it's the, the bow, the toughness of the wood keeps pushing the fingers back even as you extend it. Right? So, the effect, here, really here is of opening the palm and of sending an energy charge down the arm. Yeah? So this connects to this energetically. That's, that's the one arm. The other arm is going to pull the bowstring. And that's going to give the fingers curling around the bowstring and pulling it into the armpit. So this is very much a gathering here, uh, you know, gathering up into this quadrant of the body. Uh, quite a strengthening effect. And um, that's so the out breath, breathing in, breathing out. Now your eyes are connected to the arrow head. And that's between your fingers, two lead fingers. Now the important thing in this movement is to not attempt to have a straight arm but instead to focus on that verticality of the hand so if you notice my arm doesn't completely straighten it straightens, I do that but that's not as effective as that because this is going to stretch the palm open, that isn't that's, you know, that's what it is but That's going to, that is what's going to stretch the palm open, that vertical hand. So that's what, that's the priority. Take it as far as it'll go. And you'll feel certain sensations in the arm. Opening the palm of the hand. That's the out-breath. Breathing out. Remember coordination is important, so everything's travelling at the same time, everything stops at the same time. It's another motto. Like right? everything moves at the same time, everything stops at the same time. So you're not leaving bits of your body trailing out there unattended. It's all synchronized. And as yeah, so this, you're pushing the bow, you're pulling the bowstring back into your armpit. Smooth, coordinated, synchronized. Breathing out. So with breathing in, as the hands return, the eyes are connected to the bow hand. As the hands return, they change into their opposites, so there's no sudden break. And if you can synchronize your breathing with it and slow it down, all the better. Once you've got over the you know the outward form of it to explore what's happening anywhere but across across this lateral direction but also from the up down um, centred quality down into your belly, back in your neck, your eyes. Let's just let that one subside. <coughs> Palms, of your hands particularly get a lot of energy in this. So uh, connecting the breathing to the hands, so you know, abdominal breathing, tide of out-breath, what happens in your hands, Tide of in-breath, synchronising or feeling the connection between these two, expanding in the lower belly, subsiding, and letting the two draw close till you complete the move by drawing everything back to this center which is the abdominal <laughs> region, center of your body, actually not your head. this is the center. Okay so, get some forms for you a bits of some use so you may like to just sit here quietly here or if you want to go do some walking or standing then uh, we have that time till the tea, tea break